0: Welcome back to the Football Index podcast. Today I'm actually in the Football Index offices with Adam Cole, CEO, and Mike Bowen, who is Head of Marketing. So Adam, introduce yourself. <laughs> uh,
1: hello, Patrick. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming in and visiting us at Football Towers. Lovely to see you. Haven't seen you since the um, Birmingham Trader Meetup. We've just got the video through uh, for that. Looks really good, actually. So we've got a little sizzle reel, which hopefully Tom's going to put out today it's it's great to have you in here it's the first time we've done a podcast with you and you know we've been going for a while now and it's and you've been fantastic at um, at representing us uh, through FIG uh, over the last few months I can't remember when you started
0: now Uh, I think it was maybe in July but the podcast started in uh, September sorry so nearly a year nearly Mm -hmm. a year I can remember
1: you ringing me up from uni Uh, (laughs) I was driving down the A41 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and wanting to um, to get involved with us, uh, it's uh, been been a great journey since then.
0: Mm, yeah, I had had the idea, and then I thought, might as well contact them and see what they think, and uh, you know, kind of look where they're looking to go, vision wise. And then after the chat, I was like, you know, why the hell not? And now I, you know, at work, I make podcasts, and in my free time, sometimes I make the football index podcast. So it's been. Good. So I, I have a lot to thank you guys for. But uh, <laughs> no, there, there is
2: in the dusty archives of uh, way back when there was actually a football index podcast, mm, which yeah, was yeah. called Insider Trading, which which I'd appeared on a, a mm. number of times with with uh, former some former colleagues. But um, it was something which we found in the sort of rough and tumble of being a startup was such a challenging thing to kind of produce each week and edit so um yeah so it was great
1: though i mean yeah. i was amazed that you managed to do it and <laughs> the uh, professionalism with which you did it It was it was great but obviously it did chew up a lot of time and resource was something that we didn't have an abundance of no. at the time i mean yeah. at a
0: startup you just try everything and yeah. whatever sticks to the wall you you keep doing it yeah so that's absolutely the, that's yeah the, that's the way isn't it yeah. so should we, should we kick things off yeah. So the first question I got was from Tom, and that was at Footy Trader, and he said, when I log in and see my portfolio has gone up and down, it would be good to have a feature showing which are the latest movers on your portfolio. Right now, I'm having to scroll down through all my players and trying to remember what the price last time I checked was. So is there any plans to... Make things maybe a bit more practical.
2: Yeah, I think um, you know there's a, there's definitely a couple of things to be to be said on this. One of them is that um, you know we're we're undertaking to rebuild the platform at the moment. Um, so we've got a tech team, very competent, highly motivated guys there who are who are working hard as we speak um, in, in the other room, making that happen, making the platform, I guess scalable for the next level of where we want to take the business. Concurrently, there's uh, a group of guys who are keeping the current platform going, and <laughs> yeah. all of the, the billions of trades and things that happen on there. And you know, we we absolutely, you know, we we, we said earlier, you know, that there's um there's an awful lot of stuff in the backlog. Mm. Um, you know, we've probably got eight, nine hundred individual <laughs> ideas, items, yeah. um, tweaks, and things that we want to make happen or that people have suggested to us. It's always captured. So, I guess in context of that, yes, absolutely, we, we do want to make this happen mm-hmm. um, and we, we are working on to improve all of the functionality. We've actually just taken on this week a very senior user experience wow. designer who has already sort of transformed the way that um, some of our plans are going to look over over the coming months and. Um, Mm. yeah it's it's really exciting times but in terms of sort of individual features I I, I, I could probably bore people to death with, <laughs> with that but I, I, I think it's best
1: if I we know. have done quite a lot recently in uh, enabling lots of different sorting um, search criteria on the portfolio so you can do it by on the app by um, you know biggest um, holding or lowest mm. holding um, and of course, we always want to improve that so that the portfolio gets to be more navigatable. And of course, we want to add more detail into the portfolio. But um, as Mike said, you know there are many things on the backlog. Um, and we have been focused on really trying to do some stuff recently with the portfolio. But there's a lot to get through. Um, <laughs> I can obviously. imagine.
0: And I guess it's just as much about, like, Personalization as much as practicality. So a lot of people have talked about like drag and drop stuff, and I think a lot of digital services are going through this transitional period where they're trying to make their their services as personal to the customer as possible. So I guess that's another angle.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's obviously bringing some of that customization in is 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 at forefront of what we want to do um, at some at some point in time because. Clearly, that's been hugely successful co- for companies like Amazon, you know, people who bought this also bought this mm. products, etc. Mm. You know, maybe making people aware of players that, the, that perhaps they haven't. Um, I guess at the moment, the platform really relies on an intricate knowledge of, of footballers mm. um, and it's, it's less sort of suggestive than,
0: than it might be. Mm. yeah definitely well, I think we'll move on to the next one because uh, there's a few as you yeah. can imagine that mm. was uh, well, yeah. well received on, on Twitter and this one comes from mm. uh, Football Index AS uh, Adam I think he's been to a few of the uh, trader meets and he, he does like a lot of good data stuff on, on Twitter and he asks whether or not there's like an analytical data site which is still planned and is that going to be part of the revamp that you mentioned Mike? Uh,
2: as I said before there's there's a site rebuild from the ground up so the the advantage of that for sort of non-techies and I'm I'm not techie but as I understand (laughs) it the the advantage is that we can iron out all of the bugs and things that we rather than sort of redecorate the house we just Mm. build a new one um, and it's infinitely easier. Um, The analytical data site that we mentioned a while ago is still planned to happen but that is part of uh, as I sort of mentioned earlier part of the ongoing work to maintain the current site, so that will be an add-on that will sit on top of the current site. Um, admittedly, I'm not working on that project personally, and neither is Adam, but I know that Kieran, who heads up the operations and product team is, um, and yeah, I, you know, I'd certainly anticipate that would be something in place for you know, the next season.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we will have a data centre uh, that will be accessible through the site. Um, and that's something that's uh, dear to our heart, and we have been discussing that. We don't have a date for that, um, but it's very much on the roadmap.
0: Mm, I'm sure when you guys started the performance buzz or even had the concept in mind, I guess maybe it was a surprise to you how much there was a demand for this data, Um, and maybe that's only something that you guys realised maybe three, four months into PB.
1: Mm. (laughs) I mean, we always knew that... You know the fantasy fantasy players would be, be be huge for us, and we always knew how analytical they were in their approach. So we kind of knew that with all these uh, with all this uh, performance data, people would be mining it and um, uh, and studying it in a lot of detail. But um, and that's certainly been the case.
2: I think I think it's also the element that you know, um, as with all of these things, as 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 we are. Or have been a startup, and we're 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 out of that phase now. Obviously, we're, we we you know we've we've been live for a long time. We've had some success. Um, I think it's always about that minimum viable product. So you know, let's let's get this live. And even though it doesn't have the bells and whistles, it's 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 about delivering it to customers and then improving from there. So I think the data center is always something we've had yeah. an ambition to deliver, but it wasn't core to the the, the central proposition as
1: mm-hmm. it well you know you can still use this product without a data center yeah and you know and there are a lot of options as to how we source that data how we publish it present it whether that's uh, completely driven by us internally or if it's in collaboration with uh, with a third party so there've been a lot of options to consider a- around that data center and we want to get it right and as mike said um, Really key to us is making sure that the platform works as, 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 as efficiently uh, as possible with as little latency and issues as, as we can.
0: That's true, the, the minimal viable product part is, is something that my uh, my boss at work says quite a lot, but he likes to say minimum lovable product. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the thing you guys have going for you is that people fucking love your product <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is which is uh, mm. one step in the right direction isn't it, mm. so, like it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question is mm. from from adam as well he asked about the dividend cutoffs and you guys must have seen a massive spike in in, in trading volume when you guys changed the change the dividend cutoff from midnight to 2 p.m so talk me through a bit about the decision in making that first step and whether or not we might see that altered slightly uh, in the future as well.
2: Yeah, I think um, one of the things that was really, you know, quite a lot of the team here have got experience in, in online betting and, and, and football and everyone knows that it's all about sort of the team sheet coming out and in-play betting, for instance, has, has overtaken the volume of in-play betting has overtaken Pre-match betting, whereas if you you, you only have to go back to five, ten years, and all bets for pre-match, mm. and you, there was no cash out, there's no sort of interactivity around around the games, and we obviously previously had this. Uh, I can't remember if it was eleven p.m. or was it midnight? Uh, cut off the day before, yeah, yeah. which was which was fine, but it sort of it, it didn't make your like Saturday instant. mornings particularly yeah. focused on football index, and we, and we actually for for. A not insignificant period of time felt that Saturdays and Sundays yeah. were. You always yeah. comment to me, Adam. They were, they were, they were quite slow. Yeah, it was then.
1: really the week was um, our major activity, and the, the weekends would go a little bit flat because <laughs> yeah. um, there wasn't the action. Which so.
2: was yeah, which is kind of the antithesis <laughs> yeah. of what mm. you, you know what you, you'd anticipate to happen. So. There was this thought that yes, we bring on this dividend deadline and we'd and we'd trial it um, and and push that the cut off to to two pm. Um, certainly, there was discussions there about um, you know, well, what if we just made the dividend cut off later in the evening? So you've got the Spanish games going up to, yeah. to, to, to to very late in the evening, um, sometimes UK time, and you know, what what would we think about that? And I suppose the you know, from, from a business model perspective, we thought, okay, this could be great because we could, um, we could, um, you know, sell all these shares and then people, if, they, if the people were chasing the dividend winner, if, mm. if you like, um, they'd have to buy all these shares and then they'd probably sell them all and there'd, there'd be commissions and wouldn't that be wonderful? But at the same time, we had to balance that with an actual Decent user experience where we don't want to see, yes, people want volatility in the market, but they don't want the shares going up and down like, uh, mm. you know, yeah. something ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, two o'clock felt like the good time to pick for us in future. I, I'd say that could that could be could something that moves. It's not it's not high on our priority list no, to move that
1: at the moment. No, I mean it was Kier- Kieran is Mister um, Conservative, so he's the <laughs> one that always counsels caution, and he said, "Well, let's just nudge it a little way um, and see what happens." And certainly, as we've grown and we have grown really significantly um, over the last um, year eighteen months, um, we have become more conservative in not making knee-jerk um, changes, um, because those changes also, as we've grown, the, the impact is much bigger um, than it was when we were a startup, where um, it, it, it might sort of nudge nudge things a little way. It can have quite a dramatic impact now. And also, you know, we've got, um, obviously now, a large, um, vested user database that have um, built portfolios around particular um, game rules. Yeah. Um, and we don't like to sort of arbitrarily sort of switch them at the drop of a hat. So we like to sort of sense test them over a period of time before before doing anything. So we, in that sense, we are becoming more conservative although we, you know, we're still very much a startup. although we, we feel we're growing into a sort of challenger brand, mm. uh, and, that, and that's where we're headed. In fact, we're doing this, um, you know, we've got a brand agency uh, engaged now to really look at, um, at our brand and, and make sure that we're positioned in the market with exactly the right messaging, and that everything's very joined, and, joined up and consistent. Everything we do now is moving towards, you know, trust and transparency and being joined up so that all the messaging is uh, is consistent across the site and across the different devices. We're really, really keen to work hard on the academy and the onboarding of people Mm. so that when they arrive, they can easily find out, um, exactly how everything works, and we're aware that you know, this has been one of the, one of our shortcomings to some degree in the past. That you know, maybe they have to rely more on the FI community, uh, <laughs> the to, Fig, you know, the <laughs> fig um, who you know the FI you know, Fig and others have done a fantastic job at inducting people uh, onto the platform. Um we really feel we want a sensible and deep resource where people can easily find I mean it it's it's little things. I mean, you know, Wikipedia entry that um we should have and in fact I'm I'm drilling it through at the moment, but of course little things like that and there are a lot of them, um, make a big difference. If you can see us in Wikipedia then that is um you know, that's rather like our five-star uh, Trustpilot reviews, which <laughs> have made a big difference to yeah. us. And, you know, likewise, you know, we've got, uh, I've lost track of how many five-star reviews we've got in the App Store um, now. But that has pushed us. I mean, in the App Store, um, on, on many days, um, at we've, our app, da- app downloads in the sports um, category are, uh, you Know ahead of Bet Victor, ahead of mm-hmm. um, Bet Fair Exchange, um, Bet Fred, uh, a lot of these big recognizable brands, we're outperforming uh, on the App Store. Not every day, um, but you know, we are regularly up around uh, number 20 in the App Store. Don't think we're there today, but it depends a little bit on our marketing activity.
2: I think I there's think a something just extra to add there on the on the marketing front you know from uh, the branding perspective and the and the way that the the product's been positioned to date you know absolutely there's there's been gaps there and we've we've sort of taken the what I call the ron seal approach to advertising which is you know we football index we we have a, a very finely honed 30 second. Kind of elevator picture, you know, we are football index. You can buy and sell shares, earn dividends, build a portfolio, um, and sell at a profit. So we very much say, as as I say with Ron Seal, you know, it is what it says on the tin. The the branding exercise that we we're, we're looking to go through and and where we want to take the, the football index is to really not just talk about what we are, but why we're aspirational. So you know. Everyone knows that an Aston Martin is a car, but why is it? You know, that's not the reason you want an Aston Martin. You don't. You know, you could you mm. could buy a Ford Focus. <laughs> it's it's there's something more. There's there's a need that that fulfills, which I think that none of the other people in in the space that that Adams just mentioned there um, can fulfil because. Because we're so different, and and it's yeah, it's it's very exciting. Challenge a brand
0: rather than a startup, right? It's,
1: it's yeah, like I mean that's uh, you know that is very much what what we're going through at the moment. And as Mike described, you have to go through these processes of of identifying um, all of these things, um, and also making sure that everything's joined up so that there aren't any holes in your proposition. Um, and that the academy has got what it needs in it and um,
0: just on the academy like you you mentioned that the the FI Twitter community do so well to to help onboard people but with the academy it would mean that um, people go into this community with a a base level of knowledge and instead of people starting off at zero you've got this um, probably this mandatory onboarding uh, thing that comes and pops up on the app or whatever I don't know what you guys have planned but uh, that you have to to go through maybe basically like a level one 101 thing, and then thrust into the football index Twitter community, and they expand their knowledge.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's I slightly um, I've got an eighteen month old son. I slightly see it as you know we've got him to sit in the chair now and eat, <laughs> and eat his meal with, yeah. with with a spoon. Um, so he, and, and you think mm-hmm. great, right, he's feeding himself. And that's kind of the minimum viable outcome of you know he he can feed himself and that it's it's the next step really the education of okay well this is manners in a restaurant this is decorum you know no yeah. actually no actually you I don't. thought you
1: were going to tell the story of when you were changing his nappy the other day no but
2: I think that's the opportunity that we've got now so it, it, I guess a lot of people. And, and and we see it, you know, and it, and it sometimes it does feel a bit. There's so much sort of passion and love that goes into the product from the people in this office who, you know, will be here very late into the night almost every night, and uh, you know we'll see sort of s- some bits of sniping online. Oh, it's so unprofessional. Oh, it's this, that, and the other. And you think, yeah, okay, sound, but actually, it's because we're it's because we're built we we're, we're building this minimum viable product. We've got the you know, and we are. Absolutely professionalizing and polishing things, Um, and we're aware of gaps, but Mm. we're 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 working really hard to fill them. And um, yeah, I think it's just a case of there's a lot, isn't there? There's just there is a lot. There's a lot
1: to do, and of course, it's across um, you know different platforms. We've managed to actually rationalize that down now, so that we we've minimized the amount of we used to have a. Uh, a mobile web uh, offering and a desktop offering and they were completely different. Um, and, and now, you know, we have one, effectively one web service um, which has minimised that that a lot.
0: Mm, yeah, lots of uh, great pearls of wisdom, especially from a business sense uh, for, for you budding entrepreneurs. But the next one is, is about spreads and, and this is something that's, I'm assuming, popped up a lot for you guys and I'm sure it's... Um, not cause conflict in the office, but I mean, I mean, I'm sure you guys have kind of tossed and turned between um, having smaller spreads to increase uh, the amount of trading, even though it means yeah. that, that football index have to buy at a higher price. It perhaps increases trade volume and you, you gain more commission. And on the other hand, you have uh, training larger spreads, maybe less uh, trading volume in those big players, but then the, the potential crashes may be mitigated slightly mm. um, a, a, but you make less commission on the other hand uh, with, with less trading so do you want to talk me through the thinking behind the, the current spreads and maybe what led to it and, and maybe where they'll go.
1: Yeah I mean it, it's exactly as you've described it, it's always trying to uh, get find the sweet spot between uh, trading volume on the one hand Limiting that liability uh, to some degree, on the other hand, and um, we have noticed that there is a real correlation between that spread and the trading volume. We think we've got it about right at the moment. As we move towards our buy and sell order book, you know, that's going to be taken care of by the traders effectively, um, and that you know, that is a beautiful thing. Um, so they will effectively start to set the spreads um, more actively themselves, um, and then you'll see some, you know, the real dynamics of a market at play.
2: Well, indeed, the spread will be exactly what people are willing to pay for it, and I think at the moment we've probably got the slightly unenviable task of we don't want players' share prices just collapse on it, like whimsically, um, and there have been examples of that in the past, where one article, one tweet, I think Anton Griezmann (laughs) tweeted once, you know, Mm. Atletico now more than ever. In Spanish. In (laughs) Spanish, which, you know, instantly someone's translated, you know, um, you've got hundreds of thousands of trades going through immediately, and some guy who happened to be, you know, merrily driving up the M1... Um, gets home and realises that his shares have uh, just absolutely collapsed in a, in a matter of, of seconds. And, you know, we, we have to sort of, we don't we don't want to influence that market, but what we do want to do is make sure that absolutely people who want to sell should be able to sell, uh, and we will offer them a price to sell, and we'd like to offer them a fair price to sell, what perceive to be a fair price. But what we don't want to do is... Be in a position where people are thinking, Yeah, great, I'm just going to get out now because the spread's really you know, uh, I'm because I'm, uh, it's a sort of self perpetuating problem. And we've seen you know, p- players' share price can, can drop 10%, 20%, 30%. I think Zlatan with his bro- mm, broken mm. Uh, what was it, the broken leg, or yeah, yeah. the ligaments gone, everything, everything that could have got on That's him it. Right and, wrong, and, yeah. and, and people were thinking, Oh my god, is he ever going to come back? And 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 rightly so, you know, it's 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 people should be be able to get out of those positions. But but at the same time, you know, a, a fair view of it is that we, you know, we try to deter people from taking a sort of panicked action, if you like.
0: With a player like uh, Zlatan, or um, for example, went on Griezmann with a uh, now more than ever in Spanish, and luckily my Spanish was good enough to translate without Twitter. But <laughs> um, some of those prices are going to fall anyway aren't they so what when Football Index think that way through so they, they see a player that's that's injured like Zlatan for example what is your thinking then is it like um, you know poor bloke on the motorway that's kind of the risk he took or, sure. or, or is it like we're going to amplify the spread as much as possible to, to try and mm. save that guy or is that it's, mixed
2: like, it's not about saving that guy. I suppose the I, I suppose the analogy would be, and maybe it's a terrible one, but you know, in a, in if there's a if there's a fire in a building, let's not all like rush to the fire escape at the same time. Because actually, if we if we just if we're sensible about it and we leave in an orderly fashion, you know, that will be better for everyone. Mm-hmm. I just it's very it's very difficult we're in a difficult position because on the one hand you've got people saying um, well I should be able to cash out at this at this price um, when no one else is 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 actually willing to buy them so it it is football index who's who's buying them back Mm -hmm. through instant sell and on the other hand you've got uh, traders who are saying well why didn't you do anything to protect the share Mm -hmm. price of the, the player as Adams pointed out you know all of this goes away because the the true market emerges when we have this buy and sell order book, and yeah. the spread is effectively determined by by um, yeah we by the traders yeah. themselves. So, so um, The
0: solution is is, is not more uh, more toying with the spreads. It's it's as you said uh, before, not not repainting the house but building a whole new one with the, with the buy and sell books. So, totally. do you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, it's just
1: really just to remove ourselves from, you know, the market um, and for us to be the issuer of bets um, and for the traders to determine the correct price for those um, bets. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we think that's going to be um, huge for us because um, the only... The major, if we have any obstacles um, to promoting football index, one of one of the key obstacles is around, you know, trust and you know who's controlling these prices and how are they determined. We've tried to do that with as much sensitivity and integrity um, a, as we've gone along, and we've tried not to, in any, you know, to, if Slatan. Um, does his knee in we have it put spreads on it in in the early days we didn't do that at all and so nothing happened and if you were in a a a real market of course the market maker if he sees somebody's knee turned inside out you know he'd say he was five quid he's now five p and that's an end to it and we never ever did that and you know trust has always been the most important thing to us so we are very very sensitive to how we how we manipulate the spread in any way but ultimately the solution for us um, is to assure people that it's you guys the traders that determine the price um, and not us so that is really where we want to arrive at.
0: so am I right in thinking that when the buy and sell order books come there won't be any instant sell option it would just be determined by the by the market Well, the um, the
2: instant well, the instant sell option will be hmm. the price that is available there so the it'll be the lowest, best yeah
0: but we
1: will make sure that there are liquidity providers mm-hmm. um, that perform that function so just like any market we have we have entities that will and there are many of them out there um, in all markets. You know, there are liquidity providers that provide that function. And it's a well-established role in a market. Uh, and we will make sure that, that the market functions and that there is liquidity in the market, just as we've done for the last two and a half years. Mm. So that's not going to change. There will be liquidity. Um,
2: well, the, the thought is there will actually be more liquidity mm-hmm. because when people are in a position to place a buy order and a sell order at and determine their own prices for those buy, order, buy orders and sell orders, yes, they, they may they may be unmatched for a period of time. But for instance, I could buy Mohammed Salah at ten pounds and have a sell order lined up ready to go for when he hits twelve pounds. Mm. Um, and that will just sit there, and it will occupy the order book um, until such time that it's matched. So, people will be able to see the shape, really, of of, of the market and the, and the depth of it. And that's, as Adams pointed out, you know, the integrity and the transparency and the trust is really what we want to build. Um, and that's that's really the best solution to mm. that.
0: Well, I'm assuming this has been in the works for, for quite a while, and I'm sure Kira's working really hard on it as we speak. Yeah. But, um, so, so, in hypothetically, if an Antoine Griezmann's Zlatan uh, Ibrahimovic scenario happens, and I'd bought at uh, um, seven pounds, and suddenly he's, he's done his knee, the the uh, like someone's willing to buy him at I don't know four or five pounds. Um, uh, thinking that he might not be as badly injured, and then someone's then saying, well, actually, you know what, if his knee's actually really done, that's £2 as the next barrier. Yeah. Could that actually create the larger drops and steeper drops and maybe protect people less so?
2: I guess there's there's potential for that. Um, It's, you know, there's obviously going to be features in there Mm -hmm. which you would see on normal markets where there will be circuit breakers and Mm -hmm. such. Um, You know... One of the questions we get asked all the time is, Oh, how come instant sell stops? It's, 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 and I think it was asked at the trader event in mm. Birmingham. It's, it, it's, well, you know, how come um, Betfair suspend betting when a goal goes in? It's mm. because they want to, you know, establish the facts yeah. and, and update the information on their mm. website and, and make sure that everything's, um, yeah, everything's sort of all kosher. So, um, yeah, you know, mm. there they probably and, will be uh, similar functionality in place there. Circuit breakers, su- markets suspended in, in instances log, like that. bet yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. And like
1: the, there can, of course, be you know, no free lunch. So, um, inevitably, if, if a footballer um, breaks his leg, you just lost your bet, effectively. Um, you were betting that he was going to perform fabulously all season. Uh, and he's not going to because he's broken his leg, and that's, uh, that's the point that I make to so many traders yeah. when they
0: ask about the But they're trying <laughs> to protect my portfolio when I say, well, you know what? Um, when someone, and I think this is this is where yeah. I think that the spread should be maybe circumstantial because if you have a an Abrahamovich who breaks his leg, then maybe a chance he doesn't come back, as you yeah. were, earlier said, Mike. But perhaps where the, the frustration lies more so is. Um, a a massive spread on Mo Salah for example Um, maybe you guys saw a lot of sales because people were scared uh, or what was going to happen after the Champions League final but if he's still performing and he's still potentially a winning bet and winning dividends is there an argument to be made that maybe he shouldn't have that big a spread yeah and And it it
1: takes it away from us which is a beautiful thing um and of course, Mo just bounced straight back again, you know. Mm-hmm. And we kind of knew that that was going to happen. For a moment, you know, the the guilt had come off the fairy tale slightly, and so the romance mm-hmm. of Mo Salah just took a, a dip. But we we always knew that, you know, he he's obviously, you know, smashing records this mm-hmm. season, and he was going to come back, which is exactly yeah. what happened
2: I think I think you know the 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 sort of moral of the story is that actually I I hope that we've communicated that it is a it is a difficult thing yeah yeah, it's actually a thing that we that we don't want to be the arbiters of um and that's why we're changing it and you know, from my perspective, I, see, I still see Mo Salah as he's obviously going to win the Ballon d'Or, isn't he, when <laughs> he scores the winner in the European Cup? Yeah, Forum, yeah, so, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. The price is going to go even higher. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going over yeah. to Kiev. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, well, So will be the
0: next one. It will be fun. Uh, I'd, I'd wish you luck if I wasn't an Arsenal fan. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the next question comes from from Mr. ASP, uh, ASP Football Index, who's to date, uh, kind of the record holder for, for most downloads, a uh, podcast episode, and the, oh, the title yeah. was uh, £300,000 Portfolio Man comes on the, on the podcast, so that's probably why he, he smashed all the, the listener records, but hopefully yourself, Adam and Mike can, can, can uh, maybe compete with that. But He asked, would it be possible in the future to include English versions of foreign media outlets in media buzz to reduce the United bias? obviously
1: not a United fan. Yeah.
2: I I do anything to reduce yeah, the United bias yeah. myself, but um, I, I you know we have talked about that um in the past.
1: Yeah, it's um, the change thing again. You yeah. know, and of course he'd love uh, the United bias to be changed, but it it is the way um that the game rules have been set up with these um these football columns that have been set out. Mm. So, I mean, we can, but we're not going to fiddle about um, and just sort of, oh, let's try and drop this one today and put that one in tomorrow. So, and again, there is a very, very long um, list on the backlog. It's probably not something we're going to get to in this year, I would say. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I I guess when you guys expand a bit more and and looking into different countries, that's... That's maybe where something like that comes into play, right? Yeah, I think it makes yeah. a lot more yeah. sense
2: if we have media partners in Spain or Italy or Germany or wherever it might be that we go um, next. That's that that would be the time to do that.
0: So, so on um, on foreign uh, territories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Sweden live now. Sweden live.
2: Sweden doing actually very, very well for us considering we yeah. don't have a Swedish language website. <laughs> um, oh. It is, We've got a couple of deals in place to bring some traffic through and they are flowing through very nicely. Um, yeah,
1: we've got Canada beta testers coming on, mm. uh, I think, next week. Um, amazing news just south of Canada, of course, with the Supreme yeah, Court. Yeah, I mean, that is going to have a massive uh, impact on the on the gambling sector. I mean, there's already, you know, Paddy Power Betfair have um, talked about putting a bid in for FanDuel. Uh, so there, you know, you know every, <laughs> everyone is on a plane... Um, getting over there in anticipation of um, it's not going to happen overnight but mm. everyone's you know moving their pieces on the chessboard um, the sectors looking lively obviously the sky you know, sky bet um, mm. going for 3.4 billion I think CVC probably pocketed two two billion on 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 that so um, if there's a the and for us, obviously, NFL index, um, mm. NBA index, um, super exciting. Um, not going to happen tomorrow. But it's... <laughs> um, um, you know, we are unique and everybody's been telling us just how popular this product would be uh, in the States. So um, we're positioning ourselves um, uh, in that respect. Um, I suppose, on
2: the, you know, Adam, you, you mentioned that Canada is, um, you know, was the the next one to go live. There's a real, there's a, there's a bit of a boring reason why it didn't go live. Which in some districts of Canada, you have to be 19 to gamble <laughs> rather than 18, yeah. and we. Have had to do a little bit of work around how to get how to how to get it around that because obviously our site is all compliant for eighteen mm-hmm. year oh, olds only, that must be which is you know, a, a <laughs> painful pain. and painfully yeah. boring thing. But um, you know, there is we have a guy uh, on board whose sole focus is looking at um, new territories. We've probably got about ten to twelve earmarked, yeah, uh, which. Uh, potential for us to go into without licenses. We've mm. um, got our
1: first license applied for as uh, by way of a prototype and that will be kind of pathfinder um, for other territories, um, that process. Um, mm.
0: So in some territories you don't actually need a license?
2: Uh, no, I mean it's sort of in the gambling industry, it's known as, you know, there are, uh, you know, white markets, regulated territories like the United Kingdom, Mm, mm, mm. uh, Spain, Italy, uh, Republic of Ireland. Then there are what's known as grey markets where okay, there there may be rules um, around gambling and they may not be, they may not be prescriptive, it may not be taxed um, Mm. in those jurisdictions. And then there are uh, territories where where it is uh, prohibited, completely, which up until recently was, you know, the United States was the ultimate mm. awesome example of that. Um, so really, I guess our ambition is where we can get a license, we will absolutely endeavour um, to do so. Um, and where there are no licensing regimes, we will, um, you know, look to open up in those markets if we, if we think mm. there's a, there's a real uh, opportunity there. Mm. But, yeah, we won't be going into any markets, so we're not allowed to. Yeah, operate.
1: I mean, it, 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 we have to be very grown up these days. It's a very, it's a very small world, and um, it's it, it's very transparent, and um, you can't get away with the things that you could get away with back in the day. So <laughs> um, we're very conscious of um, you know. Again, it comes back to this you know, having to as you as you get bigger, you have to be quite conservative. Um, in your approach and you're talking more more and more to institutions and um, institutions like things to be buttoned up um, and done the proper way they don't like skeletons falling out of cupboards uh, unannounced and um, so we you know are very circumspect about how we go about doing these things because we're going to be here for the long haul mm. and we don't want any skeletons falling out of cupboards really
0: yeah i think
2: there's also the other the other aspect there you know you mentioned uh adam this this week in the news about the states but there was a, also another piece of news this week in the uk um kind of gambling industry which was um you know they've the, the government are, are going to regulate against these fixed odds besting terminals in yeah 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 in, in shops. So the way for those uh, listeners who don't know, uh, obviously the, the under the Gambling Act, you're allowed to have um, four of these machines per shop. And what effectively happened was um, because you were only allowed four, Ladbrokes or Paddy Power or Insert Bookmaker. Would open a shop, and then 100 meters down the road, they'd open another shop, so they could have eight machines on on the road. And um, you know, I, I think that what we're probably seeing there. So, they, so the, the news that came out was that they've reduced the maximum stake from uh, 100 pounds every three seconds, I think, down to two pounds every three seconds, which is half of the most high street bookmakers are making. Uh, the, sorry. Most high street bookmakers are making half of their revenue off these machines. Yeah. So this is a really big, big deal, and I think what what's become really obvious to us, and we we always sort of believed in this right from the get go, is that um, football indexes this this we're the we're the new wave of of um, kind of more responsible um, gambling, I suppose. You know, yes, it's still a bet, and we understand that, but. The price may change and it may go up and down, but it'll rarely be just completely turned to dust. Um, and I think it'd be really interesting to see how the knock-on effect of those revenue streams um, in high street bookmakers uh, hits um, their other areas of the business, because basically, you know, if you're Paddy Power or Ladbrokes, you're going to have to make up a shortfall in revenue now. Um. So what does that mean? That probably means that if you were backing a a Man United to win at six to four, they're probably gonna cut those odds to even money. So Mm. they're giving less value to to customers. And I think there's a massive opportunity there for us in the market in terms of actually sensible people will see the football index as the kind of thing they should be getting involved with, not some
1: dumb bet. Yeah, and that's actually gonna impact further because in the budget, it's likely that gambling tax is going to go up from 18 to 20 percent, and that has a much more dramatic impact on a regular fixed odds uh, operator um, who's going to have to slash his odds um, to pay for that um, commission. Whereas it has a, much, a far more muted effect on us in our in, in our structure, effectively. So, again, I think um, there's. There's a lot of positives for Football Index. I mean, it's a, those fobties. it's extraordinary. I mean, I think it was... They said there are uh, just under a quarter of a million sessions where people lost over £100,000 in the last um, 12 months, which is a lot of money.
0: It's absolutely insane, isn't it? Yeah. I, I was saying to someone the other day about how Sky Sports have their own broadcasting network and, and they have Sky Bet and then mm. they publicise articles or um, bits of Sky Sports news that could influence these these punters, which yeah. I think is like, you're trading on fine water there. If there was a, a perhaps a stricter regulator in the UK, then you're looking at probably fines, uh, tr- trade market manipulation. I, don't
2: I suppose we saw it with SunBets with that ridiculous situation where the goalie ate the pie yeah, and they sponsored yeah. But, as, I mean, SkyBets obviously, although it operates under the, the Sky name, it is actually um, owned by uh, a new consortium, now it was CVC, who owned yeah, the other one, yeah, I don't know yeah. who, who's bought them out. Um, it's the po- uh,
1: p- um, poker people, isn't it? Uh, yeah, got mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. yeah
2: I, I think probably they'd anticipated yeah. that yeah.
0: As, uh, as an issue and yeah. hence the sale mm, I, yeah I, I, I just crazy I still think the branding being like mm. you know white label and whatever I just, people still because it's what you do is you're on Sky Sports and then you obviously see an article you, you go directly to the bookies through the website yeah, and you, yeah. you bet on that based on the information that you've just read um, but, but yeah I, I'll just ask about Ireland again. Uh, so, so, live in uh, Sweden, Canada is pending a, a very strange issue of 18 to 19 olds. but Ireland, is that still... So, Canada,
2: next week we, we're beta testing, so, you know, it's um, the regulatory stuff, it's making sure we can get payments in and out, of course. Um, Ireland. We have applied for a license. Yeah, that's in process. So it mm-hmm.
1: won't be too far away.
2: And uh, yeah, as I say, in summary, there is there is uh, a chap whose sole uh, <laughs> uh, reason in life is to to find us new places to go into. Um, so you know, we're we're we've probably been slightly slower than we would have liked to there, but you know, we're really all of this comes back to the, the technology mm. and making sure that what we deliver to customers yeah. is the best it can be.
1: And our uh, shareholders, directors, we've got some you know very savvy non-execs on the board, and you know they're um, relentless uh, as we are in a sense in the insistence on focus, um, do what we're doing really well. Um, not you know so we are UK, we are football. That is um our fundamental focus, so rather than getting distracted um we we, we try and really drill into um, doing what we're doing
0: so so on that what what are kind of your business objectives for the rest of twenty eighteen and maybe looking forward to twenty nineteen as well as as a company um what what are you most excited to do um
1: We're really excited about the buy and sell order books mm. um to give um, uh, a far greater degree of functionality. I mean, um, the idea that a lot of people at these trader meetups have said, oh God, you know, I've got a day job and, you know, I've got all this riding uh, on the index and um, I can't watch it all the time. It would be so fabulous if I could just put in my buy and sell orders at the weekend and just let it run just like real traders do um, that would make a big difference uh, to me so that's very important to us combined with this element of really making the platform um, uh, building an enormous amount of trust so that we can um, grow it to uh, the next level I mean there We've seen a fantastic response with the buses. Mm. That, uh, I saw we a got, couple today. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're great. Um, we've got, I think, 230, 250 of those. Uh, one-tenth of all the stock, I think, isn't it, Mike? It is, yeah. Um,
2: more more prevalent on some routes than others.
1: Than others, yeah. And these, uh, um, our awareness is, is definitely... Um, Building and we need to um, just put everything in place so that we can become a real proper challenger mm. uh, brand. Um, you know that's uh, first and foremost is just um, putting this platform that th- with its new buy and sell order book. I think,
2: I think we started out as well. The obviously you know in your in your Q and A's, Adam. You you know it's not mm. it's not a. It's not a secret that we started twenty eighteen with the ambition of, of sort of doubling the size of the business, um, and you know we're we're well on course to do that. So it's, yeah, it's not I mean, you know, it's, it's not a it's not just about twenty nineteen. Yeah. It is it is really about this year. The World Cup's a massive mm. opportunity for us.
1: Our growth's um, been phenomenal. I mean, if we look back and you know to when we went live with instant sell. Um, back in September 2016 um, you know we are doing in excess of what we did in the whole month of September regularly on a daily uh, basis now daily so basis. on a daily basis wow. so yeah. you know, incredible stuff. <laughs> if you look at the growth pattern you know that has been um, stellar for us and I mean as we've announced you know we've done you know, over a hundred million um, in trades it's actually a lot higher than it's that. a lot <laughs> higher um, but you know, that's um, and you know, we've been doing um, over a million uh, a day you know on, on occasion not every day uh, but we will be doing over that
0: every day but that's been a, a big milestone for us as well so what's been your, your kind of maybe proudest or achievement with this company so far I, I spoke to a family friend of of mine who, who talked about how when you're the when you're in the senior leadership of a of a of a company as you two are that sometimes you don't actually have that many business decisions to make it's you have a few over the lifetime of a company but those few are very important so I guess for you guys uh, when you first implemented Instant Sell the volumes that you guys saw there and then the second big business decision was probably um, performance buzz uh, and now the next ones. Probably expanding territories, and fourthly, you've got this buy or sell book. So, which one of those do you think was the was the most important for you, or the, the most?
1: Well, I mean, that you absolutely um, nailed two of the really big ones for us. Um, there was, um, you know, because when we when we started, as many people will remember, it was somewhat like eBay. Um, you know, we were always trying to find a matched buyer. And due to the uh, inconsistencies and vagaries of markets, um, we wound up with sell cues for some footballers that were longer than they should be um, because there was a lack of bias for them. And there was a lot of frustration around that. And um, we bit the bullet at at that time uh, to say that we just had to stand behind providing liquidity for the market and it was on the assumption that if people could sell, they wouldn't sell. <laughs> so there was a lot, a lot of shares that were sitting in a sell queue. And we believed that if we put a pink button there and said, guys, it's absolutely fine, you can sell instantly at this price, um, then that reassurance would result in them not in the pink button and that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened I mean we sat there and said a little prayer um, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I mean, one of our shareholders said do not whatever you do put that pink button there until you've raised another X million um, or whatever it was and um, uh, but we did it anyway um, uh, <laughs> And, and well, the gamble it, paid off. And it, it was. And yeah. it was... The other big one, wasn't it, Mike, was, you know, performance. Because, mm. in a way, and a lot of the traders had a, a, a lot of concerns around that. I mean, we were committed um, to moving from what was a slightly fluffy product in one sense, which was, oh, you know, um, how many times can Wayne really win the buzz um, yeah. effectively? And it just so happened that... Um, English, you know, UK football columnists um, couldn't write about anybody other than Wayne Rooney um, <laughs> to a large extent. So we knew that we had to have, you know, a more um, statistical and performance-based metrics. More, metric More exciting metrics well. It is, yeah. yeah.
2: And I think there was, a, you know, a lot of people are into, obviously, football data and they'd, they'd look at it and you'd think, oh, they, they, those guys are our target audience. And then they, they'd sort of slightly look under the bonnet and go, oh, oh yeah. media, what, yeah. what's that? That's a but, bit fluffy, isn't so it? So yeah. we knew pretty much that we had to that We had to do that. And I, and I suppose on those points, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely say Instant Cell bringing that in the confidence that put into the market is phenomenal, and it was one of the best decisions we ever made. Um, and you know the the performance uh, dividends,
1: likewise. Um, it was a big one, wasn't it? Because of course, you know we we thought, well, how can we um, introduce performance um, dividends, but still keep the the index to 200 and of course that simply wasn't possible so you suddenly realize you've got to extend it out to the five leagues and oh shit that's 1800 footballers and so there was a lot of concern as you know, from the traders as to how we could manage that um, without diluting all the liquidity and crashing prices and so there was a lot of fancy footwork at the time and you know, some of our shareholders directors were very Concerned, um, but we knew we had to do it. And as it happened, it went through with almost no no hitches at all. Well, when you when you're
0: like a disruptive product, you've got to take gambles. Yeah, and for you guys, it's it's paid off so mm. far. And I'm, um, you know, mm. the order book thing is exciting for me. Well, that's yeah. That's another what I was just going to yeah.
2: say, is that that the order book just follows on from the trajectory of those previous two mm. uh, developments because we we want. More liquidity. We want more transparency, and we want more trust. We want to be taken more seriously by financial types, I, I guess, um, and appealing to to that sort of audience. Rather than go through the questions of, oh, well, when can I sell it, or who determines the price, or any of this stuff. It's it's all just transparent, and we 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 you know don't have to be the arbiter of that. We we just yeah. let let it be this.
1: And it's, you know, it's really simple just moving from what is the sell queue to a sell order book, which um, the fundamental difference is that instead of putting them in a sell queue and I want to sell 57 Neymars, put them in a sell order book, I want to sell 57 Neymars and, ooh, great, I can specify the price I want to sell them at. Um, and then we also give people the option of providing liquidity on the other side and saying, you know, I'm prepared to buy Neymar uh, at this price, which is, you know, fractionally less than, you know, I could buy yeah. them if I if I if I just pick up the the, the buy button.
0: Yeah, I I totally think this, this is going to work, and I hope it will. Um, yeah, it will. <laughs> it will. It yeah. will. But but also, we mentioned uh, performance buzz earlier as being one of the biggest things that you guys have done. Is, is there any scope in uh, maybe? Optimizing the performance buzz matrix or scoring matrix, rather, or is that gonna stay as it is for now, or is it just another one of those? It's one of those things we talk about. Where is there yeah. too many changes in the terms and conditions?
2: It's. I think it's something that we that we could look at. You know, and it's never. It's never say never, but at the same time, it's. You know, Adam's pointed out that what we want to do is give people a very clear view as to what the product is, how it works, how you win. Um, and not chop and change that so often. Um, so I think once we're through this sort of next phase of, of growth, the World Cup, uh, getting the technology out uh, that we'd want to get out, we can start to look at some of these things and see if we can optimise them. But for the foreseeable future, there's, there's going to be no mm-hmm. fundamental um, changes like that.
0: Well, but yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. I think um, if you are going to change things then maybe doing, uh, you know, an announcement um, and giving people enough time and, and also making sure that some of these changes, as, as you mentioned earlier, won't affect people's portfolios too much. But, but something that might affect people's uh, Outlook on the index could be a potential share split, yeah. and I know there was a lot of talk at the, about this at the, the Birmingham trade meet. And since it was mentioned, you would believe how many messages I've had about it. What wow. is it? And I'm just sending them the Investopedia uh, link because that's the best. Yeah, and I've then there was it. the
1: you know of course everybody said oh great. Now Adam said oh you know we were thinking about a share split and the, the dividend wouldn't <laughs> change. Uh, that's fantastic. So I get four times my shares and the same dividend, um, which of course <laughs> was a slight misinterpretation mm. of... Uh, I think that was uh,
0: a bit of a joke the, the that Mike played at the Birmingham <laughs> yeah. uh, trader meet that, that went awry, that yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah. took the wrong way. but So so for me, I think that if it did happen, there is that psychological thing for traders where they, they look at players and say, oh, they're cheaper, whereas actually the payout is the same. But... If you guys did share split and then players do rise exponentially again and then you have to raise dividends, does that kind of create this uh, some sort of circular nature of uh, these steps?
1: well we you know there are a couple of different options around uh, the share split. Um, we It's not something we want to you know do indefinitely. Um, the advantages that we see. Uh, from the share split, and this is what happened last time. I mean, if you, if you look at Neymar without a share split, mm. um, you know, he's looking at about 46, 50 mm. quid, yeah. 46, 50 quid um, which is a, an astounding rise. And of course, that's kind of nice to, <laughs> to be able to show on the graph just how successful Neymar has been. But it does. um, It is a bit intimidating for recreational players who come on with uh, twenty or thirty quid, and they realise that you know they they you know they can buy one share. They can buy
2: one, yeah, one Neymar and a Mm. and a James Milner, the much maligned (laughs) James Milner.
1: Yeah, Uh, and so that you know that is really what we're trying to address. Uh, with the split, because it can be quite intimidating so uh, for new players. There is
2: precedent to the split share split yeah, as well, because yeah, obviously course. the share split was, um, you know, it is something that we've done before and it's been successfully executed. Um, and we saw we saw an increase in volume mm. and, um, as a consequence. Last time when we split the shares, we also increased the the max uh, that you could purchase. So kind of yeah. that, you know there were, was fundamentally. It was the same proposition, I suppose, as people become used to prices. It, it, it maybe there's a little head wonk there, but um, I, I think, as Adam says, the, the key thing is is to make sure that the product is as accessible as possible mm. to as many people as possible. Sure,
0: but I mean, and I'm, I'm going to try and not argue this point, but but ask the question: Does that not lead you to a situation where? Big share split, um, people who have already owned and have big portfolios profit the most from this because the the, the, um, the prices increase of the players that they already own. Um, perhaps it makes it slightly more accessible for new users, but it, it's maybe a sense of the rich get richer, but also you're gonna be at that point again, at some point where Neymar then rises again, and then you have the decision to make, or well, do we need to re-raise dividends? And then the situation starts all over again.
1: Yeah, there are other options which we have considered, Mm. um, which look more like Bitcoin, for instance, Mm. where you buy bits of a player and Mm -hmm. on the exchange you would say, um, I just want to buy £350 of Neymar uh, and I'll wind up with 35.76 units of him.
2: That's Um, the the obvious way of, of, um, the advantage of that is that you, you then... Never have to share, but again, you, yeah. you don't end up in a cyclical sort of mm. I- issue. Um, I think. I think to be fair, though, the people who obviously are long-term holders of Neymar will have done very well. Yeah. Not actually at the cost of new people who buy him, mm. um, arguably. But I, I think it's. I think it's just a case of how do we make it most accessible? Not just for people in this country who want to come in with ten and twenty quid, but if we're operating as a global. Shared liquidity market, mm. and we go into Africa. I mean, you know, mm. what you know, what, what's their average spend per head, and 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 have those people get involved and actually displaying something as sort of thirteen quid is is probably not um, you know where we where we want to be pitching it.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it's certainly a, a a dilemma and one that you guys obviously have, and obviously as a startup scale up maybe but there's going to be dilemmas that you have to work around but um, I think we'll end on that one because that was probably the most asked question I, obviously <laughs> I remember tweeting that I was going to come here and got off the tube and my phone literally couldn't open because I had so many notifications so thanks so much for coming on uh, Adam uh, been a pleasure yeah
1: well Patrick thanks for coming in uh, it's yeah. lovely to see you and thanks
0: for doing such a great job in the community mm-hmm. um, thank you really appreciate it yeah. Thank you we'll Mike it, we'll as well. Do,
2: we'll do it again soon, yeah, we we'll look forward to it. Um, yeah,
0: it'd be good um, maybe to a live one at the next uh at the next trader meet or something like that. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> All right. Yeah, cool. Cool. A- have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening everyone.